Patriarch, Bowtie Patriarch, thanks for jumping on. Mind of the Lion uh, with Bowtie Barb. Uh, yes, before, thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, before we dive into a couple different uh, pieces, I know you want to talk about fitness, kind of your background in design and maybe TRT and the jungle as a whole. Uh, you have a, is there anything you'd like to share specifically? I mean, you have your Twitter profile kind of high level, where do you see yourself taking this, this Patriot, Patriot brand in the jungle? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's still, I'm just still trying to build out like that, that top down vision of where I want this to go. But, um, you know, it's in college and, um, I, I had other anonymous, you know, art projects, but like, you know, this one feels like, the first real one in the crypto world that's totally about um, decentralization and everything like that. Like I feel my other iterations of anonymous projects were, were too early and um, I didn't know how to find that community or audience um, to connect with, but you know, the stars aligned and um, this feels like the jungle feels like home. Um, where this where this project and where this identity um, is supposed to grow and um, and uh, but as far as like what I want to do where I want to take it I definitely want to explore and learn more about the NFT world and and see how that develops and you know push my um, my my creative uh, practices to you know, different, different areas. Cause you know, I, I have a background in photography. I have a background, um, and you know, some Photoshop and, um, but learning other programs, learning other mediums, mixing mediums, um, you know, everybody in the jungle is just a monster with what they know and then taking on you know, new projects. And like, I'm sure a month ago, you had no idea how to run a podcast, but you did nope. it. Yeah. Um, so like all that is just like injected into my veins, like every day, um, that energy <laughs> in, in, in this jungle. So, um, you know, I've minted a few NFTs um, and it's so funny, like I'm not a tech guy and there are some really smart tech dudes in the, in the jungle. And like for some people, you know, connecting the ledger to their MetaMask and then moving, you know, funds from here to there. It's like mindless, but you know, for me, I'm, I'm getting there, but like those, the first, like, you know, when you purchase shit on a centralized exchange and then move it to your ledger. And then that's like, Oh my God, is it going to make it like, is it going to get there? Um, and then again, from your ledger to your MetaMask and then MetaMask to Rarible or OpenSea, it's like, Oh my God, um, it's a lot to take in, but you know, I'm, I'm learning and, uh, drinking from a fire hose, dude. Yes. So you, you made a few NFTs is, you have some background design photography right now. They're real hyped up NBA top shots and you know, whatever this people guy is, where do you kind of see that technology behind 
an NFT? Actually, let's back up. What, like, how would you define an NFT to a fifth grader or a, a noob? Oh man. Um, so, so a buddy of mine, um, you know, he, he's like, I get Bitcoin, I, I get Ethereum, but I just don't get NFTs. And, um, you know, he, he holds, uh, you know, some crypto and he texted me the other day saying he bought the very bottom of Bitcoin, Ethereum link and all that stuff. Um, and he was stoked on that, but, um, you know, NFTs, I, I think, and I'm still, you know, learning every day on it. So, you know, let's see how good I can explain it to a fifth grader. Um, well, first, an, N an NFT is he his problem, and a lot of people's problems is, you know, how how do I own this image or this song on the blockchain forever? But I can't touch it. I can't hold it. I can't feel it. Um, so my friend, for example, that's that's his qualm with it. Um, but he's totally chill with Bitcoin and Ethereum. So, you know, that NFT is, the, you know, I would, it's in the same class as Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, so it's as much yours as, as the crypto you quote unquote can't touch, but it's yours. Um, so with, with an NFT, um, yeah, it, like, oh man. What is an NFT? So what does it enable people to do? I love it, in your opinion. What comes yeah. to mind besides, hey, here's a photo. I designed this. I can I can verify that this is mine. Like what is that kind of digitally verifiable ownership? Right, right. So like the – I think a few weeks ago, the Doge, the original Doge photo was auctioned off and – like it went, I mean, just watching the bid history was the most funny thing. It went from like, you know, 69.69 Ethereum and then 1,337.69 Ethereum. And then like, I mean, it was, it was crazy what it, what it ended up, I believe, selling for. But, um, you know, friends of mine were like, why are people spending like close to $4 million at the time? $4 million on the original Doge photo. And my mind is just being blown right now because whoever owns the rights to that original Doge photo on the blockchain, um, you know, for the history of ever or until they sell it, like as this whole metaverse continues to be built out and um, all these blockchains get further integrated with each other. If, if that's even possible, Arctic, you know, maybe check, check my tech talk, but, um, you know, if, if you have the rights to that Doge photo and let's say Coinbase or KuCoin or, um, Binance or Bitrix, they want to use that Doge photo to like advertise their exchange. Uh, you need to get paid for that. Like you've got all the rights to that. So basically like you're, they, they're paying you a licensing fee. You know, if someone else wants to 
printed on a coffee mug or like Amazon wants to promote, you know, a whole bunch of Doge products they're, they're selling. Like you as the owner um, are getting paid licensing fees every time, you know, someone big wants to use it on a commercial scale like that. Like, sure, there's going to be people who like take screenshots or like, you know, run an Etsy shop and print these things one off on like a pillow. But, you know, the commercial the commercial application of NFTs is, is what I think is so exciting or one of the things that I think is so exciting about it. And um, yeah. So, okay. So you have a design photo shoot background and I'm not so familiar, but my, my monkey brain is trying to think, Hey, if you've got models, so I'm like in pre Instagram, you have different modeling agencies or finding girls. Mm -hmm. The modeling agency is both a production and distribution network. Right. It's actually going to be whether it's a, say a Playboy magazine or you're on the cover of whatever. And then with Instagram, okay, now random 18 year olds can, can produce their own photos, but Instagram is still that central network. They are the, the, the distribution platform. And they don't, and in some ways, Instagram owns the photos that are posted on Instagram. So does, does like an NFT allow to kind of disintermediate these, these middlemen, like the Spotify's of the world, the YouTube's, if that content was in an NFT form? Yeah. And, you know, that's something crazy that all creatives have to think about is like, you know, like you just said, you post a picture on Instagram, you post a picture on Facebook or back in the day, MySpace, like within that box, you check that, yes, you read all of their legalese and all that. Like you're basically, from what I understand, giving them the right to do whatever they want with the content that you post on their platform. Um, so, you know, for, for most people, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, if they're just posting like, you know, pic pictures of their food or their brunch or their friends or their kids or their dog or whatever. But, you know, if you're a serious creative and your profession is in the arts or, um, you know, you, you post something to high res or you post something they could, and I don't know of a case where it's actually happened, but, you know, you're basically giving them the right to do whatever they want. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the fact that you are the distributor, you are the, I mean, it's hosted and whatnot on, on various blockchains and other platforms, but um, the fact that the distribution, I guess, always comes from the holder and um, no matter how many sales happen in the future, if, if you're tied to that with, um, what is it called? The uh, commission, it's that's royalty, Roy, you know, um, yeah, the royalty on, on each, you know, sale down the road. It, it's wild. Um, you know, that that's really powerful because, you know, today, like you go to a, you, you go to a, a gallery in Manhattan and, and buy, you know, a piece of art that's exchanged hands four or five times guaranteed I mean, not guaranteed, but you know, 
are we really sure that that original artist who made that piece is, is getting a cut or is it, you know, literally just exchanging hands from the, is the money just between the gallery and the buyer um, or potentially, you know, the owner who the gallery is brokering on behalf of um, versus that original artist continuing to make a cut from their work, you know, exchanging hands. So um, I'm really excited about where the, the NFT development is going to go. And um, it's, it's, it's sick. It's so promising that it, it seems that Bitcoin in, in this first invention was the problem with things digital is that they're thinking Napster, music piracy, uh, rip off DVDs with Chinese subtitles because they're, well, piracy is digital things are abundant and they're infinitely reproducible while physical things are naturally scarce. Right. Yet Bitcoin and now NFTs are creating artificial scarcity by programming right. it to be and almost taking attributes of the physical world and putting them in the digital world. Yeah. It's wild. How is so how did you get into the jungle? I mean, everyone's got their, their Bitcoin origin story. What's your like BTB sure. playboys? How did you end up here with a bunch of turbo autist cartoon avatars talking about really high level caliber stuff in, in balls to the walls? Getting out. Yeah. yeah. So dude, that, that question of how the hell did I get here? You know, I, I feel like I have a few significant places in my life where I'm like, what the absolute fuck happened for me to get here? Um, one of the best ones is being in the same room as the former president of the United States and taking his photo, but that's for another time. Um, <laughs> but so the, my, my BTB story, um, like many COVID kicked me and my business in the dick. And, um, you know, I, um, had to had to figure out what the hell to do with my life and basically reinvent. Um, at the time, I uh, was very invested in in politics, um, as I'm sure a lot of jungle members were um, or are or still are. But I've, I've taken a big step back from the political world just because of the the, the negative energy um, that just is pervasive throughout either side you're on. Um, it's not, you can't, I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, after like four or five years of being grossly invested in it, it's just like light switch went off when um, my business tanked and I had to reinvent. So, you know, there's that also, you know, the political world and the manosphere, there's like that, that, that bridge in the Twitter community. Um, and I, I'd call them like, like Scott Adams, Mike Cernovich, Jack Murphy. Um, who else? You talking manosphere? 
Yeah. So like the, where, where, where the politics bridges, like the masculine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I think, you know, I was, I was scrolling through Twitter one day there and, um, I think Cernovich might've liked or retweeted something bull related and I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. And, um, you know, while my business is dead, I'm forced to reinvent. So I start studying um, for the Florida real estate exam because my family's done real estate, you know, since I was a kid and I just never got into it, took a, took a different route. But I figured since my business is dead, I need to reinvent. Why not do what's quote unquote in the blood? And, um, just got after that. And, um, I see this bowtie bull, uh, talking about, or at the time it was actually wall street playboys. It was like a few months before the transition from wall street playboys to, to bowtie bull. But the avatar was the, um, the bull at the time. But, you know, in my personal life, I'm realizing how dumb is it for me to have all my financial eggs in one basket? You know, I'm prepping for retirement <clears throat> and retirement is, um, you know, we don't put all of our retirement eggs in one basket. You've got no. all, you know, a, a host of different shit. And then in my day-to-day U.S. token hustle, all of my eggs were in one basket and shit hit the fan and my basket blew up. Um, and I'm just like pissed, but also very motivated to turn that basket into, um, one basket into, you know, a few cash, you know, a few different types of cash flow. So that, that's what prompted, um, the desire to get into real estate. And, um, you know, then I find Wall Street Playboys or, Bowtie Bull, and they're preaching the same shit. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm figuring this out in real life. There's a whole entire community who are focused on this shit. And um, yeah, I, I it was just like this, this synergistic uh, explosion of just let's fucking, let's go. And um, that was it. it it's yeah, hard to face this fuck. Yo, fuck yeah. It, the energy, it's. It, it, I'd like to pivot eventually, ask about your, your background in you know, TRT, and of course, Ox is affiliate selling, selling that stuff now. Uh, but, but testosterone or, or, or stimulants, caffeine microdosing, whatever it is, performance enhancing drugs is energy. Mm-hmm. You need diet, exercise, and maybe some supplements to, to have that energy sunlight. It's, it's hard to do anything if you don't have that, just this life energy behind you, driving you to want to doing whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, you know, a big part of my life is, is, fostering and figuring out ways to, to like maximize that energy, whether it's working out diet, um, you know, good Lord. My, my biggest weakness is, is my sleep. And 
for the life of me, I can't get good consistent sleep. I, I wear a whoop and track my recovery. Um, thank God last night I got seven hours and I was in the green at 85%. But usually I'm like, yeah, there's some feedback there or something. Do you guys hear that? Yeah. Yo, what's up with that? Barbara, are you good? Barbara. Is it a vibrator? Did it go Ooh. away at all? Yeah, it's yeah. better now. Yo, Barb, let me just uh, check the chat real quick. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah, yeah, I'll pull it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's it going, Patriot? Good, man. <clears throat> Yo, do you have you tried magnesium for your sleep? Um, you know, actually, uh, I haven't in forever, but isn't there like that, that magnesium powder called like calm or something like that? You like, it's like a hot tea. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the one that Cerner recommended that I use, that's been pretty effective for me is, uh, it's a thing called chelated magnesium. Blue bonnet okay. is the company that makes it. They sell it on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. Um, it, it put me right to sleep. Um, I had sleep issues too. I was actually using edibles for a long time to fall asleep. And uh, with magnesium, I was able to get off the edibles and just use that instead. Hell yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, man. Works like a charm. So, Patriot, where are you cultivating you know, that energy, that, that masculine energy that you need to do, to permeate across everything in your life? Like what yeah. do you do with diet fitness supplements? Like so my diet, um my my diet consists of I'm a big IFYM guy or if it fits your macros or flexible dieting, um or Kaiko or whatever it's called, calories in, calories out. Um I've never really tried, you know, the the keto or the you know very, very, very fat. Um, or almost exclusively animal protein diets. Um, do, do keto folks do like avocado and shit? Uh, no, um, maybe some, uh, it, it depends. Cause like avocado is high in fat, but it's also pretty high in yeah. carbs. Okay. So it's, yeah. So if you're doing keto, you're generally going to want to avoid things like that. I've done keto in the past. Um, you can have, you can have avocado oils that, that, that they do. And like uh, other distilled forms of plant oils. So it's like coconut right, oil right, is a right. big thing for them. So yeah, sick. Um, but yeah, I've never I've never explored um, the keto or the or the super high fat type diets. Uh, I guiltily love my carbs, um, love carbs. So outside of that, I, I I use Carbon Dieting Coach, the app by Lane Norton, who's a an absolute fitness powerlifting monster, um, but got a PhD in nutrition as well. So he's uh he that feedback again. Barbara, Barbara, bro.
Hey, Sponge, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. What the hell happened to your mic, bro? You guys heard that buzzing too, right? Yeah, big time, big time. Yo. Oh, man. Yeah, that was uh, a very loud feedback. Anyway. Yeah, we heard you. All right, cool. We're, we're back now. All right, go for it, buddy. So you like like your carbs? Um, yeah, I like my carbs. And uh, what else? Um, as far as supplementation goes, uh, you know, I do a multi. Um, uh, I do multi, like a D3, B12. Um <clears throat> Omega fish oil, something or other. Um, by now, sports, they're like a generic, I guess, Amazon popular brand. But um, I'm not a, uh, I like trying a bunch of different, you know, when I'm, when I'm out of one supplement, you know, I'll, I'll try that magnesium, whatever you recommended from from Cerno. I'll give that a shot. And then. Hey, man, yeah, you can also, you can also try like certain kinds of like physical exercises and shit. Oh, dude, uh, big big time working out guy. I'm I'm a huge fitness guy. No, 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 but like not all kinds. I mean, like there's like certain kinds of like, uh, like yoga that actually make it easier for you to do that sort of thing. Like you can add that in. Um, Like it's different from like weightlifting, for example. Uh, Because the, the idea is that it, sort of calms you down and sort of you know i don't know there's something that happens like under extreme conditions like i do hot yoga sometimes which is mm-hmm. which is really kind of fun because uh you know that being in that extreme condition just like i don't know it resets you um and if you can push yourself a little bit of that limit uh, you might find that, that it helps for sure yeah um i do i've been incorporating yoga more into my practice like my weekly mm-hmm. practice um, because I'm getting into jujitsu and I'm realizing, right. Yeah. Like, uh, a little mobility would, wouldn't hurt. Oh, and you know, I'm mobility's, I guess, always been, um, like something that's just come maybe naturally to me. Like I, like I can touch my toes. I can stand on my, like, you know, I can stand on my hands, not only touch my toes, I can like tuck my fingers underneath my toes. Um, so flexibility, mobility is something I'm pretty decent at, but like that mind body connection, uh, is something I need to work on big time. So I feel like yoga is like a, you know, a little stack on top of, uh, on top of jujitsu and and that mind body connection. Cause good Lord that like, I'm on the mat. I feel like my hands and feet and legs are just completely disconnected from me. They're moving through molasses and cinder blocks all at the same time. Patriot, I got to take you to hot yoga with me. It'll be a good time. That'll be a lot of fun. I mean, what's more cliche than a wet sponge? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You sweat like a motherfucker. I swear to God. And uh, Mm. it's crazy because it's a bunch of like, it's like, you know, like five, six wrinkly old dudes 
me and like 20 hot chicks. It's ridiculous. Okay, I love yeah, it. And every, that sounds every, pretty good. Everyone's in their underwear. It's freaking It's fantastic. So you just, you just like focus in the right direction. It's fine. Just like don't don't look at the, the weird dudes. The, the wrinkly old balls. No, stay stay. Yes. you're clear from that. Yeah, they're they're all in the back though, so it's okay. So you can you can just like get yourself positioned behind like like I always like like to position myself behind this one girl that's like damn, uh, and uh, it's a good it's a good view. It's a good view. Yeah, going to yoga never hurts the eyes, but it hurts sometimes the body and soul. <laughs> no, that's a great, that's a good line right there. Yeah, buddy. No. So, Patriarch, you're in. Uh, we well, we've discussed TRT before, but uh, might maybe sharing a little bit about how you got into adding testosterone, oh, yeah. discovering testosterone as a life energy. For sure. So, um, I know we went over it, but I'll give uh, the folks some backstory. My my brother is in the military as well. And um, I actually told my brother about the jungle and he's going to be uh, getting involved. Lindy is working on his avatar currently, hopefully done yeah. by, the end of, by the end of the day or, or tomorrow at some point. But um, similar to Barbary, similar to Ox. Um, and I believe Silverback's got a military background. But anyway, you uh, do uh, back in the day, like, okay. You know, we're talking 20 plus years ago, but oh shit, fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, my brother, absolute monster, um, special warfare scene, and um, just a physical specimen. And, uh, you know, on his path, he just kept getting injured and um, injuries in his legs, his shins, his uh, stress fractures, um, shin splints, and, uh, all while being, you know, a top 5%, top 10% performer. Um, so something really wasn't adding up. And one of his buddies said, dude, go, go check out this doctor outside the military and, uh, have him run your blood work. He works with like a lot of the guys, uh, who are in, um, you know, avoid going through Navy medical cause they're not going to do this for you. So, uh, he went to go get his blood work done and his, his test levels came back like just below the floor. Um, oh, wow. You know, yeah. Did he, was he okay? Did he have some kind of cancer or something? No, no. So um, he's, we, we just ended up learning that we have really, really low testosterone all while being people who don't look like they have low testosterone. Um, so yeah, my brother, um, you know, at the time swimming, running, rucking, just peak performance. D1, he was a D one athlete. Um, but anyway, his, his test levels come back at like 300 and change, um, you know, 24 years old at the time and, uh, talk to Ox, you probably at that age in that field probably want your test levels at like a thousand plus plus. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, he, he got that squared away and, and um, he was like, Patriot, dude, go get your blood work done because uh, this is real. So I go to get my blood work done. And um, lo and behold, 
mine wasn't as low as his. I was a hundred points higher, but, um, do you hold that over him still? <laughs> you know, the big, the big brother's got to have the higher T, you know, <laughs> of course. But, um, what's, what's, what's interesting is we, we, my, my, our, our dad went to go get his blood work done and he's 60 and his blood work came back at like 580. Mine was 480. And my brother's was like 320 or something at their, at their baselines pre TRT. So we, my, my brother and I, who aren't, we're not, we're not huge, but by no means are we small, um, small dudes. We're not, we're not ox. I mean, let's not, let's be real. That dude is an absolute tank. Um, no, Patriot, you're, you're still pretty big. We, though. <laughs> you're like, you're we had, we, yeah, appreciate it. We had, uh, we had tests lower than our 60 year old father, which is ridiculous. Um, so yeah, since uh, it's been about a year and change that I've done TRT um, and I'm actually gonna be, I'd started at 200 milligrams a week. Um, I'm on 240 now. I've been doing that probably for eight months or so. And I'm gonna be jumping to uh, 280 milligrams per week. Um, just to see how that goes. I'm, I'm probably not going to exceed 300 because um, I don't want to change my anastrozole, which is the, um, what is it called? The estrogen blocker. I don't want to change the dosage of that. So I, I believe 300 is the top, top line of what you can do with the quantity of anastrozole I'm taking. But I believe, uh, Ox was saying that he's got a TRT substack coming out, so it'll probably go into more detail. Um, I just listen to the experts and I follow by no means am I an expert on TRT, but I am, I can confidently tell you that it has completely changed uh, my life for sure. Um, Any effects on your personality? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, well, maybe actually like, you know, prior to TRT, would I have even considered doing jujitsu? Uh, no, but, um, now all of a yeah, sudden you want to tussle. <laughs> yeah. Now, now all of a sudden I can't wait to get choked out every week. Oh, I mean, I don't know if that's a TRT. Maybe you just no, 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 you know, hey, I don't know. Lindy's got some stuff to contend with. Huh? You know, so I was, you know, um, didn't want to go into the bedroom just yet, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, the did, did we ever? What's that? You ever leave it? Um, bedroom. Yeah, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, they just, just being able to face those things that I otherwise did have, like had no interest in, like, um, you know, the, the confidence is, is definitely up, um, and, you know, desire to like do the quote unquote manly shit. Um, you know, I, I had no interest in, in jujitsu, like feared um hand-to-hand -hand type stuff before um 
I mean, I'm still like definitely, you know, non-confrontational, like de-escalate the fucking situation um, type guy. But, you know, now, now facing the, the, the unknown um, is uh, definitely a new, a new light, a new, new, new outlook on that with, with the help of having some of that liquid gold in the blood. Very nice. Very nice. And that is a good philosophy to come from, of course, because every the best defense is not getting into an engagement at all. Sure. So actually, Patriot, I, I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu not even two weeks ago. Uh, Dude, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'll, I'll be at a class in, what's it for you guys right now, 5 p.m., so 7 p.m. Eastern today. Uh, did MMA many years ago, uh, but this is jujitsu is new for me. Like it's, you don't stand up. It's there's no striking. It's yeah, hundred percent getting sweaty and tight and rolling around with another dude. Yep. It seems to be like sales or dancing or let's say a guitar solo where you have mm -hmm. a set of tools in your toolbox, but you don't know exactly how it's going to play out. It's like learning yeah. a new language. Yeah, I started like a month ago also. So like all of us are BJJ newbies. All right. The simulation so. vibes are a little too strong for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to have to peace out for a little bit. It was a pleasure speaking with you all. I'll hop back in if I can. All right. Later, fun. Thanks for having on. Um, have you done uh, North-South yet? No, I couldn't even tell you what that is. Well, you'll you'll, you'll know. Um, because the other dude's nuts will be in your face, and your face will be in his nuts. North oh, south. Oh, so it's like sixty-nine, but yes. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, dude. It's uh, you're enjoying it so far. I am. So I came. It, it's kind of funny because I was looking for to get actually. I've been looking to be in Krav Maga for years, and mm -hmm. I've done a little bit of it, but I haven't been in a location long enough to just do it for years and so i kind of fell into bjj because that's what's available near me and i thought i'd miss that sparring but i i like we're just barefoot on a mat and kind of going through technique like we'll be in uncomfortable positions but also at the same time like mentally communicating like oh the guy i'm rolling with is just talking me through like how he's doing this or that and um it's I find it's an exercise of the mind. Oh yeah. As much as the body, if not more. No doubt. It's definitely um it's yoga, it's chess, it's combat, it's it's so many different things in one. Um I mean it's it's like it takes a being in it for two months or three months now, um, barely scratching the surface, still don't know the names of half the shit, pretty much guaranteed to forget how to still tie my unstriped white belt. Um, you know, I definitely see like there's just a lifetime of learning in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, a lifetime. So like, it's like golf then in a way, lifetime of learning. Yeah. Now, how does uh, 
so was there like an inflection that you have you i mean you haven't done martial arts before have you up until uh, what well, as a as a kid you know like oh, just, okay karate or karate exactly karate is like, you know three to five years old or something like yeah, that yeah chris yeah. at that age you know no fear it's probably the best right time. right right also no coordination true yeah true so what was kind of that inflection that because uh, i think a lot of young men whether it's it's like your brother military or it's martial arts they think about it they ponder mm -hmm. not many actually do it but they, they at least kind of visualize it uh what was kind of that inflection to get you yeah um you know so i guess at the root of it is um like one self-defense, um, you know, I am a gun guy. Um, and I pretty much carry guaranteed wherever I go. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't ever, 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 ever want to have to pull that off my, uh, out of my waist. Um, so, you know, jujitsu is just another, another, tool in the toolkit that again, hopefully I never have to deploy. Um, cause I'd rather run out the exit than, um, get into an altercation with someone, you know, checking the ego at the door. I don't want to be arrested. I don't want to get, you know, someone else's blood on, you know, some stranger at the bars blood on me. Um, Not I'd rather peace charges. out. What's that? Is it manslaughter charges? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so there's that aspect, but then there's also the big brother aspect and let's be real. That's definitely where I'm coming from with jujitsu. Um, you know, my brother's going to be, um, a freak and you know, when he comes home on leave and stuff like that, I'm going to want to say, let's go to the mat and, uh, show me what you learned. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, with consistency and, and good teachers, um, you know, I'll, I'll be able to either get my brother to submit or at least hold a candle, um, which I just think would be, you know, a whole lot of fun. Um, so just another way to bond and work out with the bro when he's, when he's back at home. So, um, that, uh, that, that, that brother camaraderie and competition. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Is uh, are you, are you pretty close with your brother? Like, big time. You know, there's an age gap. Uh, yeah, we're 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 super close, and um, yeah, beyond grateful for that because you know I I have some peers that I grew up with that are my age, and then they have little brothers that are my brother's age. So it's great, um, you know, all having each other to to grow up around. But I would say, um absolutely blessed because like i i with them oh i hate my brother or you know they're they're always fighting or bickering and you know my brother and i just never had that we didn't have the the hate or the lack of sharing or you know so definitely definitely blessed from day one with him i think i feel you know way my yeah my brother's probably my best friends and I, yeah. I feel like the age gap it closes each year as you get older. No, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then here you're looking forward to your brother coming home and 
jacking you up on the jujitsu mat despite being the little brother. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's interesting because um, you know, being the big brother, you like you're used to uh I guess kind of setting the pace. Um you know, you're the test, you're the test dummy for your parents because you know, your parents never had a, when, you know, when I was 20 years old or 21, they never had a 20 year old. They never had a 21 year old. They never had a 22 year old all the way through. Um, you know, I was the test dummy. We get to do the, and then my brother has like a much more relaxed parenting situation. Like when I'm out of the house going to school and he's still in high school, totally different, totally different. Um, it, it seemed to be that way as well. Uh, oh, with you too? Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. maybe that's a common a pattern where like the first kid is the parents are improvising and figuring out, and second, third, whatever, they're like, ah. Nah, we, we already did this before. We did this. This is the crap to expect at this age. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, with that, the brother gets to you know, look up to the bigger brother and look forward to what the bigger brother is going to do. Oh, he's, you know, he, he gets to drive the car, you know, out at night and go to friends' houses. I can't wait to do that. Um, but here in my situation now, uh, you know, I get to look up to my little brother. You know, I'm so proud of who he's becoming, what he's gone through, um, what he's overcome. And I don't know how I really don't know how common that is. I mean, I'm sure you feel similarly to yours, but um, yes, he's my little brother, but he's a best friend. He's a peer. He's in some ways a mentor to me. Um, and yeah. I, I smile when I see my brother like accelerating the learning curve. Oh dude, big time. Or like, I'm like, I should, I wish I had done that at that age or, or like, I'm like, well, like, or I'll, 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 t I'll introduce him to something. So then he takes it and he does it better than I do, or he does it better than I did at that age. So it's like learning curve shifted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So of course your brother in the game and your avatar is O-Tide Patriot. Mm -hmm. Got all these little tattoos on your, on your avatar uh which i hadn't really like i guess paid attention to but you got the diamond hands and one that seems to be kind of like don't tread on me but uh so you're 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 patriot uh you're american uh, uh gun carrying uh freedom loving uh floridian where does bitcoin kind of kind of play we're seeing china crack down on it more with the mining right now mm -hmm. some different comments from the fed and SEC, whatever, where does kind of Bitcoin play into the story of America or the patriotic narrative? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we were founded, I'm almost sure someone can fact check me on the fly, um, but I'm pretty sure that we were founded on like not being chill with central banks. Um, and, and here we are with the Fed. Um, so I feel like Bitcoin in a way and this whole entire crypto sphere 
is is a way of I guess getting back to getting back to the roots of of where we were kind of founded on, um, you know, being in one hundred percent control of your destiny, your finances, your investments, your um, your resources. Like now, that's all entrusted to what are going to be zeros, uh, the, the banks, um, and, <laughs> um, everything we founded on is going to be entrusted to zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it, in a way, yes, like Bitcoin, um, is, and, and crypto is absolutely the next great leap in technological advancements and like bowtie bull said if you're going to bet against technology and where it's going in the future you're going to have a bad time so like you know i have a monster learning curve ahead of me with um all this shit but i'm not gonna bet against it you know i'm gonna do everything i can to fucking at the very least learn it and hopefully thrive within it. Um, are you racking a gun? Oh yeah, actually. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. What are you racking? It's a, it's a shield 45. Well, I was actually just uh, clearing it and uh, put it on top of my fridge, but uh, nice shield 45 Smith and Wesson so subcompact concealed carry. On my hip right now, Smith and Wesson Shield Nine. Good. That's uh, I think that's a little bigger than the forty-five. That's uh, almost the third leg there. No, no, this is a nine millimeter, but it's the it's the shield, so it's like oh, the slim oh, frame. oh, okay, so it's the same thing. You just chambered in. Uh, yes, same, yeah, same thing. You got just chambered in nine. Yeah, so I like it because the barrel is what like three inches, maybe. Oh yeah, a narrow grip. It's easy to easier to fit. Mm-hmm. Fit in the pants. Yep. Um, I also like because what what pisses me off about Glocks of any size is they don't have that manual external safety, and I just don't like not having that. Okay. So, you like, know, some people on the trigger with the Glock, and the shield has the trigger thing, but it also has the yeah. manual. Yeah, it's got a thumb thumb Switch. safety. Yeah, on some of them. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's so Smith and Wesson's cool because they have that as an option. Like they build frame or they 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 have options where it's you know just a Glock like trigger safety, um, and then they also have like the thumb safety as well uh, if if you wanted it. Um, of course, but, in hindsight, a, a nine might have been uh, smarter. This was like three years ago, but now it's finding forty five ammo has been a pain in the butt in the last few months. Yeah, dude. Same with same with nine. Um, nine is nine is crazy. I'd almost trade. Um, I'm, I'd almost trade one Bitcoin for a box of fifty round of nine. You trade one Bitcoin for a box of fifty rounds of nine millimeter. Oh yeah, dude. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. I'm just oh, basically oh, what I'm saying, right now. Maybe, maybe basically yeah. where there was no ammo around. Yeah, basically what I'm saying is that the cost of nine is too damn high. The cost of nine is too damn high. 
so you mentioned like founding roots constitution for example constitution mention mentions uh legal tender minting money gold and silver right my guess is if bitcoin existed then bitcoin would be included in that statement uh it, it does seem and of course this is debated at the end of time the federal reserve act of the 1913 and the 16th amendment which which legalized a federal income tax both in the same year coincidentally or not is unconstitutional that there's nothing about a private bank having a monopoly in the money supply that has any connection with the principles of the constitution right I, I always go back to this kanye west quote on the joe rogan podcast from last october Kanye goes, these Bitcoin guys, they have a true understanding of what the liberation of America and humanity looks like. Yep. Close quote. Yeah. It's um so it's absolutely the next uh technological revolution and evolution of technology. Um blockchain, crypto, and you know. Obviously, yes, it's an advancement, but in a sense, I also think of it kind of as a, like a back to basics, um, fundamental principles. Yeah, totally. And, um, and like, I just, the, the argument of, um, like what you were just saying with, uh, you know, thinking Bitcoin would be, um, had the you know had the founders had Bitcoin back in the day, it would absolutely be along the lines of gold, silver, legal tender. Um, I, I totally agree, and um, I, I don't think that you know people who similarly to people who say, well, you know, AR-15s weren't around, you know, when when they wrote the Constitution, it only stands for you know muskets. You know, okay, well, it's only. Pen, you know, a, a quill and fucking parchment paper. You know, give me your give me your iPhone, and uh, you know your Twitter and your Facebook and your Instagram, and you know you can send tweets via postage now. Um, so, yeah, technology advances. So should. Um, In that the intent was whatever the technology at the time, whether it's money, gold, silver, or weapons. Yeah. In the Second Amendment, that was the intent was to have hard money and yep. to have a distributed power, state militias, and sovereign individuals yep. through small arms. Whatever the soldiers have, Joe Smo, Farmer Blow have. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. And um, the, you know, the other, the other wild thing that I love about Bitcoin and, and crypto is giving as uh, um, the, the unbanked people, like how many people don't have access to just basic um you know, money management or, or, or energy storage. Uh, like, is it a, 
a billion people or so? I think it varies. It's, I know internet wise, it's still like 2 billion in the world. Don't aren't, I'm really on the internet. Yeah. Talking about unbanked, I think it's more because most of the developing world don't have like traditional bank accounts, like a JP Morgan chase or right. Whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I can't, I don't see anytime soon that, that those monster institutions, these, the benevolent JP Morgans and, uh, Bank of America. What's that? Unbanked 31%. Jesus. Yeah. I don't see anytime soon that those, um, benevolent banks are going to be going into sub-Saharan Africa or, you know, the deep parts of Nicaragua or Honduras. I don't, I don't see them. El Salvador. Yeah. I don't see them going there and uh, trying to lift up these communities um, and these populations. So um, fortunately, Bitcoin and crypto doesn't care where you're from, doesn't care your gender, your skin color, your language of choice, your any of it, your religion, it doesn't care. And, um, you know, that's, it's just, it's fucking freedom. That's what it is. It is fucking freedom. It's as if I find so many parallels between and tying to the NFT conversation earlier, Bitcoin separates money and state. It's for the first time, property rights don't depend on a monopoly of violence. It doesn't depend on a government in a local jurisdiction having a monopoly of violence. So they get to say who or what or rules or why. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can stop individual Bitcoiners, but you can't stop Bitcoin. Just as you, it'd be hard to take away guns. You might be able to impede the supply chain of ammunition. Right. But soldiers, whether it's a National Guard or a police state, can't go and take out every single property owner, farmer, gun owner, whatever, because that, that small power, like a bunch of people having an AR-15 doesn't give them the ability to overthrow a government installation. But what it does is it prevents the army from distributing and dispersing and taking out every single individual person. Instead of being right. in cities without weapons, they're in the countryside with weapons. It's right. Uh, it's like asymmetric. It's defense is easy. Offense is still expensive. No doubt. No doubt. Um, behind of every blade of grass, as they say. Behind every blade of grass. Now, so your brother's your brother's in a game. I mean, did you? Is that something you, you know, pondered when you were, you know, maybe in high school? Say that one more time. My brother's in what? Well, your your brother's in the, you know, your brother's in the game. He enlisted like. Oh yeah, dude. That's something Um, you pondered when you were. 17, 18 years old, uh, a lot of guys, at least, at yeah. least to think about the big time. And, and, and it's what I wanted to do after, um, after I got out of school, I really wanted to, and, um, I wanted to become 
a flight medic in the army. Uh, and that, that chapter was, flying was closed. Angels. What's that? I said flying angels, not, not the Navy Hell jets, yeah. but the, the 68 whiskey is the flight medics. Sick. I want to bring your boy. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to become one of them. Um, and that chapter was, uh, closed without, um, totally outside of my control. Uh, I was diagnosed with a degenerative cornea disease called keratoconus or I don't know how to pronounce it. Keratoconus. And, um, whatever it is, it doesn't, it sounds not good. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it sounds a lot scarier than it actually is. Um, basically the, the cornea, um, it starts coning. It, it's supposed to be, you know, rounded and smooth and it starts coning kind of like the, the tip of a football, um, and, and thinning over time. So in the military's eyes, uh, that is a no liability. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the military's eyes, that's a, that's a liability. Um, it's, permanently disqualifying if they catch you with it before. And then, um, I guess you, you know, you can be diagnosed with it later in life. Um, and then I believe if you're already in with the condition, they will fix the condition or arrest it. Um, so there's this like procedure called cross-linking, which just, uh, arrests the, uh, the condition where it's at, it like doesn't, I guess in some cases it makes it better, but it really just stops the degradation from continuing. Um, and then if it gets really bad, you might have to do a, a cornea transplant. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God I didn't have to do that. Um, and I'm just, uh, I just had to figure out different ways to, um, serve the country and, uh, but, you know, that was a, that, that was definitely a, a kick in the dick, not being able to do that. Right. Is that a, yeah, damn. But I guess that's life, right? It's yeah. You gotta know what happens 90% how you respond. Exactly. Um, sure. yeah. So, um, you know, I was forced to, reinvent then forced to reinvent during covid um and and you know like had i been in the military right now <clears throat> i might have never found the jungle had i been in the military right now i would have never met lindy had i been in the jungle right now i would have never got to meet and photograph the president of the united states which like at the time I felt like I was on the front line of the culture war with the commander in chief. And that was, you know, God's way, the simulations way of saying, Patriot, you couldn't serve your country in the way you wanted to, but look where you're at. So, um, you know, just, just stuff like that. Like it's absolutely how you respond. Um, you know, while well, I always fantasize about, you know, jumping out of a fucking helicopter and, and saving dudes behind the line. Um, hell yeah. But, you know, they, it's okay if they're just, you know, dreams or fantasies and I can just watch movies and, and hear stories and um, remember stories from folks like my uncle 
um, hear stories from you, my brother. So, you know, there'll be other ways where I could not only um, live the stories, but, you know, give back to the community in some capacity. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's all connected. So. Um, and maybe what we're doing here in the jungle and in, in, in Bitcoin as a whole, it's a force multiplier for, for good everywhere more so than, yeah. right. I like the analogy of, of medevac army medevac aviation. And you mentioned wanting to be a flight medic and they use a term called force multiplier. And so you bring one soldier, you save him, you return to the battlefield, you help the fight. I think it goes beyond that. It's for every one soldier you, you return to the fighter or bring home alive to their families. You're empowering 10, 100, maybe 1,000 soldiers to do their mission, to take the fight to the enemy because they can mm -hmm. do their mission believing that if the worst is to happen to them, the guys on the ground, the guys in the shitter, that dust off, that medevac will come. And it's that, let's say a $30 million helicopter and a crew of four or five. So you got to say a couple medics, crew chief, two pilots. Is that crew in that helicopter worth that one life to try to save on the ground? Well, what's the value of human life? I'm not sure. I don't know if anyone has the answer to that. Right. But the belief, the general belief that dust off that medevac will come, that belief is worth a helicopter and a crew of four or five. Because oh, that yeah. belief is what secures all the troops. So to make the analogy, Bitcoin, fix the money, fix the world. It's a reset, as you say, Patriot. Is, it is fucking freedom. And maybe yeah. it, and the irony of it is we can do way more for humanity and for, for Americans with Bitcoin than we can you know, drop, drop it into the, the desert or the jungle and bring a few people home. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, being in this jungle, it's, it's fucking, it's wild. Like you're, you are obscenely sharp and I've learned a lot from you already. You know, many times in my life, like I said, there's been these moments of how the fuck did I get here? Um, like I, <laughs> you know, how did we get here? I, I, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm grateful, um, to be able to learn from you, be able to learn from, you know, everyone else could, because, you know, if I can post, you know, visually compelling or, you know, beautiful content, amazing. If I can make someone laugh and, and, you know, shit post with, with a, with a funny tweet, fantastic. But like, that's where my line is drawn you know i'm not a i'm not a weaponized autist like like robin or or arctic who can fucking code us to the the center of the universe um <laughs> so as far as how much value add do i have to the jungle i don't know but i'm just beyond grateful to be amongst like what i believe are are true patriots who are like literally on the front line of bringing the world and freedom to the future. And, um, you know, I have so much to fucking learn and it's, 
quite honestly, very overwhelming though. I took your advice and tried out a microdose of mushrooms for the first time today. And that overwhelming feeling is kind of <laughs> taking a little bit of a back seat. Um, and, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a really, really wild journey. I love it. Silverback last week, he goes, how should I prepare for uh, our, our conversation or podcast? I was like, well, Plato used to require his students to, uh, to fast for a week. And Silverback's in his, you know, raspy, smoke cigars for years kind of voice, chuckled and goes, well, that's not happening, Barb. But uh, I could definitely, uh, you know, wait a couple hours after I eat. And I was like, all right, all right. Well, here you are, Michael, <laughs> coming to a podcast, man. Do me one up. I love it, Patriot. Yeah, yeah. So um, is this something you're going to, I mean, are you going to run out of schedule, like maybe, maybe every three days? I'm not sure. If yeah, you're, like, I, I'm honestly. Dosage. Yeah. So, so I'm very, you know, I've tried a few different substances throughout my, um, life. And, uh, I, I know for a fact that I respond to very small doses of stuff, you know, um, I, I don't need like Adderall, for example, you know, uh, five milligrams, I'm feeling it. I'm good. Um, I don't really like Adderall, but, um, so I just know, I know that I'm very sensitive. So I started today with, um, I think it was 0 0.08. Um, my brother recommended, dude, take, take 0.25. And I think yeah, I believe that's what you said as well. Uh, um, but I, I did actually, I found some, I found an article or a, or a post and someone was like, I did 0.2 and I took my dog out for a walk at eight in the morning and on my way back, um, I look at my hands and, um, you know, that, that looking at your hands or looking at, you know, the grass of your feet is a pretty good tell to know if you're tripping or not. Um, and, uh, they were like, yep, it's eight in the morning and I'm tripping. So, um, that person, that, that person said that they then, you know, on their next dose, they scaled it back a lot to 0 0.075. And then they found that their sweet spot where they got to that flow state was um, more at that 0.1 or 0.125. Um, so just knowing that I, I'm very sensitive, I was like, let's be better be safe than sorry, uh, especially because it's been, you know, five years or so since I've done a, a, a real trip. Um, so I started with 0 0.08. Um, I will say, uh, definitely don't feel sober, but you know, I don't feel, um, I guess, uh, I guess, you know, focused, um, you know, after we hop off this, uh, podcast, I'm probably going to dive into wrapping up some, um, you know, a few different digital composites I've got, um, going on and then, uh, do some jujitsu at six thirty. Um, I will be hitting the mat so, at seven p.m. your time. That is right. Hell yeah! <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll see how a roll and a microdose go together. But you know, we'll right. see. I, uh, I I can say that a microdose has amplified everything that I've tried it with, from scuba diving to flying to skydiving to sex to uh, studying. That I will uh, report back on tomorrow. And my favorite, my favorite of all is running shirtless on a hot afternoon, 
listening to Hans Zimmer soundtracks while microdosing. Unreal. Went on. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not the best runner, and by not the best runner, I mean like I don't run. My cardio is uh, assault bike, stairmaster, and now you know yoga, jujitsu. But um, I will tell you, I'll have an open mind, and I'll uh, go to the beach one of these days after a dose, throw on some Hans Zimmer, and maybe do a sunset sunset jog with Lindy or something. Sure. So I find it, I get into phases of sometimes I don't run at all. Sometimes I run a lot. Running isn't, it doesn't really seem like that natural. Walking, long distances, and sprinting, yes, but not just jogging at a medium pace. And, right. and like in your brother, can relate in military, they require running tests. Like you run, yeah. you, know, you got to run six, seven, eight minute miles. When in combat would you ever just run at a medium pace? I can see you yeah. down or walking right. yeah. for a while, but the whole running thing is uh but I get a bit of a runner's high and and you know I think half the reason I'll run is just to get get me outside in some sun and for sure. Yeah. Uh, get that runner's high. I do like a good sprint. I do like a good sprint. Um but oh yeah, to answer your question, am I going to incorporate um I, I'm gonna give it like what do you suggest? Like uh a trial run of like four, six, eight weeks of microdose. So it's like any habit is you know, usually 21 days. You've either formed the habit or seen the benefits yeah. versus it's not worth it. So whether you were talking keto, trying to go keto carnivore or getting into intermittent fasting or getting into a routine of lifting weights, give it three weeks after three weeks, assess and see how your body is responding. Cool. And definitely stick to like the, so if you took it today, today's th Thursday. So then at the earliest, take it Saturday, but probably Sunday. Usually people do like a one on, two off kind of kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'll probably do it on my, my testosterone uh, day. <laughs> I do Thursday and Sunday, so. And I feel like it, you have the discipline you're disciplined, so you're not, and you're curious enough to, to, to try it to the point where you can see an outcome. Like not trying yeah. it like, well, I didn't like it the one time, but like you'll you'll do it to the point, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to the point that you, you, you have enough information to evaluate if this is good for you or not good for you. Yep, a little A-B test. Yeah, a little A-B test. How do you eat an elephant? Well, it comes back to what you said earlier, Pedro. How do you eat an elephant? One bite, baby. One bite, baby. Looking serious. Uh, before we before we hop off, and of course we both got her get to the mat at some point today. Uh, mm -hmm. So your your background design, NFTs, pictures tell a thousand words, and of course Sponge was on here ranting about Scott Adams earlier, founder of the Dilbert cartoons. Mm -hmm. Could we see like a some kind of maybe comic strip or some visual medium where we see we see memes are weaponized? Like that's how sure. information is communicated. Satire with information with a message. The medium is a message. Some kind of like you know, maybe comic strip isn't the right word, but that kind of like visual medium to 
to share messages and stories and also some humor uh, with the jungle. Yeah, I you know that's something that I I totally want to um, you know work on whether it's myself or or Lindy because she's you know believe it or not um, I I can't draw worth shit um, you know I'm definitely more of a collage Photoshop photography type guy but Lindy right. can draw. And, and, you know, I think it'd be super cool um, for her to mess around with some comic strip or, or um, yeah, like Scott Adams vibed comic playing to the jungle, um, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a meme or an inside, you know, inside joke or, or something relevant um, that, that'd be, that'd be sick. But uh, as far as like what I do, um, you know, I, I definitely want to have some more jungle themed art um, that's that's relevant to not only the jungle, but I guess this whole crypto and freedom of the future movement. Um, the ethos. Because, yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, Andrew Breitbart, rest his soul, um, he was 100% right That's uh, when he said politics is downstream of culture. Um, so if we, you know, define what that culture is, um, you know, we, we can, we can really play a, a, a big part, I think not only in the jungle, um, where, where there's like a lot of, uh, so much happening so quickly with how quickly it's developing, but, you know, in the, the, the decentralized world as a whole i feel like we can um you know just the what what'd you say earlier the uh with the military it's the force multiplication oh force the multiplier yeah yeah the, the 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 jungle can be an absolute force multiplier for the culture of crypto and decentralized everything um for the future so um you know helping play a part in that I'm very excited about and um, looking forward to developing. What a time to be alive. Amen. For better or worse. Which is, I, I, I guess I'm curious with the, uh, Chris mentioning Lindy and it of course reminds of like Ox and, and Heifer. Is there a, I mean, definitely with a few, same thing, female avatars in the jungle. There's, there's obviously the, the traditional or, or feminine values, but there's, I don't know, maybe the word is strategy, but is there an approach to even finding, you know, a woman more like that, you know, like your Lindy or Oxus Heifer or the, the other few that are in the jungle in, in today's world? Is there, is there like a, a methodology or was it, was it just kind of like, happenstance uh it running it was dude it was pure happenstance it wasn't you know it wasn't an app it wasn't a dm um i saw this girl in my gym and i just got back from like a month in california um california sorry cali guys <laughs> <laughs> you got literally one of the most beautiful states in the country but you're 
your politicians have just destroyed the place and it's so sad. That's another story. Um, right. So I got, I got, I got back, you know, I got back from uh, California, literally my first day back. I got back at like midnight from a, a red eye. Um, uh, and then, you know, that next morning I'm in the gym and I see this girl and it's, you know, guys, it's not kosher to like hit on women in the gym. It's just, it's everybody's place to, you know, it's their catharsis, it's their meditation, it's their, their sanctuary. Place it's their sanctuary, exactly. Um, so don't take this as like a go hit on everything in the gym. But um, I saw her in the gym and something told me to break that rule. And I did, and it was hands down the best decision I've ever made. And uh, that's, yeah, I, I, we, Lindy and I are basically like value-wise, vision-wise locked. And it is wild that I don't even have to think about like any of that. Um, right. You, you, you don't uh, have this dichotomy between your your values, opinions, let, let, let's say Bitcoin and guns, for example. And then you've got this like typical like young American woman who's got, you know, whatever. She's she watches Grey's Anatomy and she plays on Instagram and you know she likes going to the beach. Like you don't have to like <laughs> balance these two <laughs> these two things, these two worlds. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like the like true true harmony in every aspect of of life right now. And it's obscene like i never thought that you know like my my work my hobbies my uh you know everything is just interconnected right now and i don't feel like anything you know when i was doing these uh back in college like these anonymous avatar or it wasn't even avatar i'm sorry like these these anonymous uh art personalities and projects um you know there i felt like there was a, a sense of lack of authenticity because i was kind of you know um i had to like you know be in the shadows if you will um with with lindy with everything there's just like it's just it's just real um you know what we're working on together and everything going on in the jungle like sure you know you don't know my name. I don't know yours. I don't know your face. You don't know mine, but everyone knows that like everyone's basically 100% authentic with, with their intentions, with what they bring to the jungle and, um, you know, having that harmonious vibe throughout every aspect of life, especially with, a hot ass woman by your side, like Lindy. It's obscene. It's obscene. I mean, it's it's wild. When a when a woman rolls over and says, uh, like right before going to bed, like, oh, I just you know just bought a few more link. Like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> like wo woman, we this just had sex. Hey, woman, we just had sex. Are we, you you want to go again? Like, good lord! <laughs> um, but it, it, it's great. It's great. We love. We you know we love doing 
I call her trad wife and, you know, I'll, uh, she, she does like trad wife things around the house. I like, you know, do trad hub, trad hubby things. Um, you know, the trad wife memes or whatever in the, in the sphere. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's something special and I'm sure, uh, Ox and Heifer have got something similar and, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Pretty, uh, pretty incredible. All memes aside. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, hope for the rest of us, I guess. Awesome. Uh, Patriot, Patriot, thanks for jumping on, uh, Substack listeners, subscribers, Bowtie Patriot on Twitter, and I hope you have more content coming out. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, anytime, brother. Anytime. Talk to you.